Hey family, we're back with another episode on the SCBC podcast. Here's Pastor Garnett with a sermon entitled, God Will Finish What He Begins. Oh Lord, consecrate me now in your presence, oh Lord. Oh Lord, we need you. We've never needed you before, oh God, we need you right now in this moment. Lord, we've, we consider the track record of you in our lives. And as the choir sang, oh God, we remembered and recalled all of those mountains and valleys, oh God, that you've seen us through. And Lord God, we realize even now that there is nothing that is too hard for our God. And so, God, we rejoice in this moment. We give you all of the praise for all that you have done, all the ways that you have made. And, Lord God, it's been our aim, oh God, to gather in this place to tell you just that, to lift up holy hands in the sanctuary, to signify, oh God, in response to all the things that you have done. We are pointing to heaven saying you are the source. Lord God, we've tried to tell you thank you and let you know how grateful we are, oh God, in our songs of praise. But, oh God, in this moment now, we hush our hearts to hear what heaven has to say unto us. And, oh God, as your manservant, oh Lord, I stand today humbled underneath your mighty hand. Lord God, I'm asking right now that you would fill me afresh with your precious Holy Spirit. Oh God, I'm asking that you would anoint me afresh from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Father God, your servant's prayer is that you would stand in my body, that you would think with my mind, and that you would then speak with my mouth. Oh Lord, I pray now as the psalmist prays, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, oh Lord, let them be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you are my strength, and you are my redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and we ask it all. And all the saints of God say it together, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'm eager to preach. I want to invite you this morning to take your copy of God's Word this morning. Hold it high in the air. Repeat these words after me. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's Holy Word. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. I believe what it says. I can have what it says. If I, if I do what it says, because God's word is true. Amen, 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 amen. Our preaching assignment comes to us from the first chapter of the New Testament epistle. Paul writes to the church at Philippi, Philippians chapter 1. And I want to lift for our consideration just one verse. And that is verse 6. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 6. I trust that we've all found it. The Apostle Paul writes these words, being confident of this very thing 
that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. The grass withers, the flower thereof fadeth away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. You may reclaim your seats in the presence of our good and our faithful God. Paul says, being confident of this very thing, that he with, who has begun a good work in you, that's personal, he shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Well, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, story is told that when the time came to paint the vaulted ceilings of the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican, Pope Julius II took a tremendous risk in choosing the young and up-and-coming artists of the day Michelangelo. At this time, Michelangelo had a storied past and a well-known reputation of leaving his artistic commissions incomplete. So much so that later scholars coined the term non-finito to specifically describe the portion of tremendous artistry that Michelangelo had left unfinished. Michelangelo's aesthetic of the intentionally incomplete works of art have throughout the centuries now become symbolic of both humility and What is that word right there? <laughs> Striving. There it is. <laughs> that, that's indicative of how my week is gone. <laughs> and, brothers and sisters, if I can get back on this horse, if, if we could all be honest with one another, tell the truth, and shame the devil, leaving things incomplete like Michelangelo. There's, all, there's a little Michelangelo inside each and every one of us. All of us are guilty of leaving things unfinished, incomplete. Have you ever heard of the term quitter's day? <laughs> the, happens every year. This year it fell on Friday the 13th <laughs> of January. Those of you who don't know what Quitter's Day is, Quitter's Day uh, is a day that has been set aside to recognize those who have set New Year's resolutions, New Year's goals, and already they have failed to achieve them. It's, it's, it's a date that's set aside to, to recognize them, but also to encourage and equip them to try again. Isn't it good news to know that you can begin again, to try again, that though you may stumble and fall, we can try again and ultimately succeed. Some of us, we have these high and lofty goals and, 
and plans for 2023. We've been thinking about it all of 2022, about what's going down in 2023. But many of us have already been gripped by regret and failure because a goal that you had did not pan out the way you hoped it would. Anybody know anything about life happening to you? <laughs> you have the, the best of plans, and then life happens. Come to another year, and yet we come once again to this new year with the baggage of regret. Because life has not unfolded for us how we planned for it to unfold. Some of you set out to read a book this year. You said, I, I, I'm going to get through this, this book this year. I've been wanting to read this book. 2023 is the year that I'm going to read. You ordered the book. <laughs> you, you downloaded the book. It's, it was already to go. You had every intention in reading this book. But just like last year, just like the years before, there it sits on some table, some bookshelf somewhere, along with the countless other books that you plan to read. And to tell the truth, many of us brothers and sisters live in this undesired space of being unfulfilled because we have to wrestle with the sobering reality of our humanity. There have been things that all of us have left undone in our lives. For me, it's the degree. Others of you, it may be some home improvement. Others of you, some financial security. You want to secure uh, the emergency fund. Others of you, it's some weight loss aspiration. And if you're anything like me, you've began the year with the best of intentions. You, 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 you purchased the membership at the gym because somebody told me that if you would just join the gym, you'd lose weight. They didn't say anything about me having to go there and do things at the gym. They said if I purchased the membership, <laughs> I would lose weight. And so I purchased the membership. Started off well, but... Didn't go back. On a heavier note, some of us had made a commitment that we were going to forgive some folks. But here it is. Here it is, the fourth Sunday in the month of January. And you're still carrying around the baggage of unforgiveness. I've got some good news for you this morning, if that's you. Even on a higher and a holier level. I'm, I'm so glad that God is not like us carrying around this baggage of unforgiveness. Um, um, um. Our, our, our salvation, listen to me, and our maturing in God can also be imagined as a work of art. Where, where, where the everlasting God takes our lives that have been 
previously thought to be useless and, and purposeless and aimless, and he's able to make something beautiful out of our lives. Just like the blank vaulted ceilings of the Sistine Chapel that Michelangelo painted. God takes the blank canvases of our lives and he uses those canvases of our life to display the artwork of his glory and of his love. Like, like that rough and uncut marble that is patiently and painstakingly chiseled away into sculptures, into works of art. God also does the very same thing with our lives. Every moment, every day of our life, he's chiseling away. And if you're wondering what he's doing, what, what masterpiece he's working on, what he is doing is transforming our lives and ourselves into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And unlike Michelangelo, God doesn't leave his artwork undone. Good news is, is that whatever God starts in your life, this is the whole sermon, y'all. Whatever God starts in your life, you can trust that God will finish it. That's, that, that's, that's the whole sermon. This is the message of Paul to the church at Philippi and to the church at Ditton. Now, 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 Paul here is speaking joyously to these Philippians. He's, he, he's in essence writing a thank you note to these Christians, these believers in Philippi. And he says to them, listen... Life's circumstances uh, can be inconsistent. <laughs> but God is an excellent finisher. Paul, he speaks here in a grateful manner to these believers for their, their partnership in the gospel. This, this church at Philippi had been working with Paul. And now Paul wants them to know that their partnership with him will be met with God's continued involvement in their lives. That's a word for somebody if you called it there. That when you prioritize God, when you put God's business first, God has a way of prioritizing whatever you're doing. And the seasoned saints used to tell us, you can't be God's giver. <laughs> no matter how hard you try. Whatever you give to God, God always gives it back. But he'll give it back to you in ways that are more than you could ever return the favor to him. And so, the good news for us is, amidst the uncertainty of circumstances that are around us, God what God is doing in us will be completed. I know you're watching CNN and y'all are reading the headlines in the newspaper and online 
and everything seems haywire and out of whack. Everything is inconsistent. Everything is turned on its head. Everything is backwards. What was right is now left. What was up is now down. But even though there are uncertainties and inconsistencies in this life all around us, what God has promised you, <laughs> he will complete. Because God always completes what he starts. Despite human instability, despite circumstantial chaos, despite anything else, God always complete what he begins. And that's the reason why we can trust God that his ultimate plan, especially in the transition seasons of life, we can still trust that God will complete what he set out to do. And so, and so here's the first thing, and I get out of your way. I know the Cowboys are playing today. The first thing I want to lift to you is that God will finish to the job in our lives despite the fragility of our present situation. Listen here again what Paul says. He says, he that hath begun a good work. Did you close your Bible? He says that he that hath begun a good work in you will complete it. He says he. He speaks, he speaks of God in a very personal, in a very particular way. Paul, Paul is referring to the uncaused cause. He is referring to the unmoved mover. That's who he is. He, he is the one who created the heavens and the earth. He is the one who positioned all of the stars in their silvery sockets. He is the one that opened up the Red Sea and allowed his children to cross over on dry land. He is the one that opened up a bakery and a fish market on the backside of a desert so 5,000 men could eat, not including women and children. That's who he is. And I just believe that somebody here this morning knows who he is. My grandmother used to say, he's my burden bearer. He's my heavy load sharer. He's my way out of nowhere. He's the lifter up of my head. Paul says, he. <laughs> hmm. Because Paul understands that he's talking to some folks who already know who he is. This, this is not their first rodeo. This is not their first time that their backs have been against the wall. And all he wants to get over to them is, is that you can trust him. He that has begun a good work. All work ain't good work. Here, here Paul reminds us that when it comes to salvation and maturity in God, it's, it's God and not us who initiates it. That, that's, that's why we can't walk around with our chest puffed out. Well, we can't walk around looking down our long Baptist noses at other folks because, because you're not the one who initiated in the first place. <laughs> Paul says, I am what I am, but for by the grace of God. 
God is the one who initiated our salvation. If God didn't make the first move, we'll be lost in our sins because you and I would never move. It, it's, it's, it's God that made that first move of salvation. And therefore, all of the praise, all of the glory, all of the honor, then also belongs to God. We, we can't pat our own selves on our backs for the progress we have made. No, the Lord deserves all of the glory. It was God who designs. It was God who orchestrates. It's God who supervises our growth from start to finish. Now, what a word that is for some of my extreme planners in the house such extreme planner that you've kind of morphed into a control freak. <laughs> and consequently, you find yourself falling apart anytime things don't go your way. You've got to remember that even when you face delays and difficulties in life, even when you face detours in life, even when you cannot see God's face, you can still trace God's heart. God's hand is still in your life. I, it doesn't matter what it looks like around you. God has promised to never leave you nor to forsake you. That means that God has his hands on your life. And listen, listen, church, God, God never promised us that our lives would be perfect. He never promised that every day would be a sunshining day. But, but we can trust God that, that, that even in the good times and even in the bad times, God still has us in his hand. Now, now, now let, let, let's, let's back up and look at this thing globally. God has his hands on us globally. We just, we just came through a global pandemic. Um, um, unless y'all slept through all of that. We, we saw what God, how God had his hand on us even through global pandemic. And then, and then we look at the economy around us. The economy has be, uh, begun, begun to be so uh, uh, unpredictable. And then we look even at the weather the weather patterns. Look at look at the days like today. It's January, and, and, and it's been like 60, 70, and 80 degrees uh, in Texas in the month of January. Meteorologists are scratching their heads, and, and, then, and then not only is the weather, but look, look at our government. They can't stop fighting long enough to get anything of significance done, and yet even in the midst of all of this global uncertainty and all of this global unrest, you and I get to get up and say, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine for its skies may turn into gray. I don't worry about the future for I know what Jesus said and today I will walk beside him for he knows What's ahead? God's hand is on us globally, but, but then you got to 
trust that God's hand is also on you personally. Let, 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 let's just be honest. There are times when, when we feel lost, when we feel unfulfilled because there are more question marks in our lives than answers. There are more unknowns in our lives, especially now and even more than ever before. I was watching the news the other day and it was saying that 2023 is going to be a record year for job layoffs because of the recession. Uh, and and I, got, I got in my flesh and beside myself and I started thinking about, well, Lord, what about my job? Will my job be one of the ones that lay off its employees? Um, um, uh, and then the Holy Spirit had to remind me that I'm the one that gave you the job in the first place. And if that job lays you off this year, I'm able to create an entire business just to hire you. I'll create an entire position just, just to promote you. That's the kind of God that you serve. So I, I started thinking to myself, what if I lost my job? We got to remember that God's hand is on us personally despite what's going on around us. Um, 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 Bible says uh, that, that we would be blessed by God, not according to what's going on in the world, but, but according to his riches <laughs> in glory. Uh, and, and, I, and our God, our God is so rich. He got so much, he got so much, cattle. He had to stop counting the cattle and just start counting the hills. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Hmm. We're in his hands. Uh, but then too, some of us are struggling spiritually. I got to be honest with them. Far too many of us are earning F's or incomplete in this course called spiritual growth. We're incomplete in our character. I mean, we got it together when somebody's looking, but, but, but when, when nobody's looking, we, we're getting an incomplete in our character, an incomplete in our, our devotion. The only time we open up the scriptures, the only time we are praying is on Sunday morning. We, you, get, you get an F. You get an incomplete. Uh, if you've been walking with the Lord uh, for a while and you know better, Amen. We're, we're incomplete in our kindness to one another. We shout all over the sanctuary, lift up holy hands and speak in tongues and then cuss each other out in the parking lot. You get an F. You get an incomplete. Amen. As it pertains to our kindness to one another. Because how can you say you love God whom you've never seen and you hate your brother who you see every day? You get an incomplete. You get a you get an F in that in that course. When, when, when you started out in God, and this is how God knows that you know better, is because when you started out in God, you were a starter on the team. And now, now you've gone from being a starter on the team to sitting on the bench. And then you move from the bench, and now you're in the stand somewhere. And now you used to be a participator. Now you're just a spectator that's always talking big God talk, but you turn around and have a limited God walk. And that's when you start struggling 
personally and spiritually. They'll start to cause you to doubt whether it is that God is able to get you to your destination. And that's why, that's why you can't forget that God has his hands on your life because it was God who started the work in the first place. And if God is the one that started, if you uh, were sent and not just went, if God started it, you got to know that God's hand is still up on you because he that has begun a good work will and shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God started this work before you knew your name. God started this work before you were even a twinkle in your father's eye. God started this work before the government assigned you a social security number. God, God has begun this work, and if he began the work in you, he will completed. I told you that's my whole sermon. Just because life can become fragile, dear hearts, at times. There's no reason for us to become fearful. Because your fragility in life doesn't, doesn't make God flinch. God is not scratching his head and rubbing his chin trying to figure out how he's going to get you out of this. How he's going to bring you through that. There are no 911 emergencies in heaven. God knew before he even started what it was going to take to get you to the end. Somebody, somebody wrote that human fragility is the platform that God stands on. That blessed me. I started thinking about the woman, at the, uh, the woman who had that issue of blood for 12 long years. God was standing on her human fragility. And the Bible says that she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And she was made whole. Ask about that mother from Nain who was, who was carrying her son to the, to the cemetery going to bury her only son. And Jesus interrupted the funeral procession and laid his hands on the coffin. God has a way of standing on and working on and through human fragility. And can I tell you whenever you turn on the news and you read those headlines, don't be afraid and and, 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 and grab your chest and, and grab for anything uh, 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 that will keep you stable and keep you from pulling at your hair and losing your mind. Just grab on to your hope. Now, see, see, see we, we've, gotten, we've gotten too far away from, from the old church, and I call it the tail end of it. I call, I call, I call it the, the residuals of, of the old church, you know. Uh, uh, and they used to sing songs, and they used to have these sayings that were trying to communicate to us that we can trust God, no matter what, what the, uh, uh, the, the, this world may bring, that we can trust them. They used to say things like, they used to say things like, uh, 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 what is that song? Uh, build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Life is filled, they said, with swift transitions. If it can be moved, it will be moved. But when everything moves around you, when everything shakes up around you, we have a solid rock, they used to tell us. <laughs> then we're able to plant our 
feet on it. Instead of grabbing your hair, grab your hope. Um, 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 who is your hope, Pastor? I'm so glad you asked. Because they also used to tell us that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ. There it is. The solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. You got, you got, to, you got to trust that God will finish what God started, despite the fragility of your present. Can I give you something else quickly and I'm in my seat? You got to trust that God will finish what he started even when you have frustration with your neighbors. Now, notice here that Paul is confident of the very work that God started in him. Uh, when, when did God start that work in him? Paul, Paul can't think past that road on the way to Damascus. Uh, uh, and, and, and now he's thinking that, that if God started this work in him on the road to Damascus, then that same work is also at work in these Philippian believers. Paul speaks of God engagement in his life and he says I know this work is going on in you it's not what I heard it's what I know this work is going on in you what work this work of maturity in God uh, uh, is what he's doing in our lives and and it's helpful it's it's comforting but while God is working on us we have to remember that we don't live in the world by ourselves They talk to somebody who's so saved that you can only recognize God working in you. you, you you're the Holy Ghost headquarters. And we forget that we live in a world with other, other people. And our, our, our hands have, uh, have to touch other people. Our lives have to, have to brush up against other folks and sometimes getting in relationships or no matter what level it is we have to get dirty from time to time as we are dealing with other people and whenever you're dealing with other people now what brings into play uh, is motives not only what people do but why it is they do it you, you, you get into the feelings and the support and you got to deal with value systems and loyalty and respect all of this is part of relationships and listen, the dust storms of, of complex relationships, it is a reality. We love to tell folks, Lord, please be patient with me. We tell other folks, please be patient with me. Why? Because God is not through, y'all know the line, with me yet. But then when it comes to somebody else needing some patience, we, we're easy, easily frustrated and we get easily tired of other folks. And we easily want to uh, push folks away and say they should be better off and further on and further ahead by now. But when it comes to us, Lord, just be patient with me. I know you're not through with me yet. It's easy for us to trust that God is working in our lives, but it's hard for us to believe that God is doing the same thing.
for somebody else. And therefore we become cynical, we become judgmental, and we start offering over our unasked for and negative commentary on other people's lives. And oftentimes that's how churches split up. Start thinking that we are too good to be around other folks. We start forgetting how God had been graciously patient with you. <laughs> start thinking that other folks are too flawed. Well, she can't serve in this capacity and he can't serve in this capacity because of their flaws. God is calling each and every one of us to be patient with other folks just like he's been patient with us. <laughs> Better yet, he wants us to be more patient with other folks than we offer to our own selves. We're quick to get ourselves off the, off the chain, aren't we? If we believe that God is working in and through us, then we must also believe that God is working with and through other people. How can we go on always ready to receive the, the patience of God and not willingly extend that patience to somebody else? Stop, stop being so judgmental and looking down our long Baptist noses at other folks and remember where God found you in your B.C. days. Your before Christ days. Every one of us, I don't care how good you look, how big your cross, or how big your Bible is, every one of us have some B.C. days. And you do well to remember your B.C. days before you start projecting on somebody else. Not everybody grows in Christ at the same rate. Got to learn how to step back and be patient with other folks. Just like Christ has been patient with us. I'm done. Finally, we can, we can trust God will finish what he started because of God's past performances. He has, he has a track record. He has, he has a, a resume. We, we can trust what he's going to do based on what he's already, already done. God, God's past performance in our lives ought to be enough to maintain our faith. Paul gives us the word we can hold on to when, when good, this good work seems to be delayed in our lives. Listen to the language of Paul here. He says, being confident of this. Paul, Paul, how can you be so confident? How, how, can, how can Paul give to this Philippian church these words of encouragement? Well, you got to understand what's going on with Paul. Paul is not sitting in some uh, mansion somewhere. He's not sitting in some uh, 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 palace somewhere. Paul is sitting in a prison cell as he's writing this letter. And he's sitting in a prison cell, not mad at everybody else, but he's sitting there trying to encourage somebody else. That's, that, that's how you know you're really growing in Christ. 
when, when, when all Hades can be breaking loose in your life and yet you still find ways and opportunities to encourage somebody else. Paul says, being confident of this. Paul says, I've seen God at work. I'm not telling you about what I've heard. I'm telling you about what I know. I was a persecutor of the church. I, I've been shipwrecked and I've been naked and I've been left for dead. I've been bitten by snakes, my snakes. I've been, uh, I've established churches and watch those same folks turn around and vote me out. He says, I've been deserted. I, I've been betrayed by those who are closest to me and, and, and then I have my own flaws. <laughs> Paul, 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 Paul says, uh, don't forget, I got this thorn in the flesh. And, and I could have quit. I could have I thrown in the towel. But Paul says, I didn't because I'm so convinced that God is going to finish what God started. Now, 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 now notice that Paul didn't tell them that the work will be finished before he died. Um, I'm just reading the Bible. He says that the work will be finished before Jesus returns. Um, that's the word for somebody here with, with, with visions and timetables and smart goals and, and desires, but you've got to learn to just hold on and trust the Lord. Because he's already given his word in this text that, that he is going to finish it. And he doesn't always allow us to take a peek in, into his divine calendar. But you're going to have to remember, you're going to have to have confidence that even when you don't know the date, even when you don't know when he's going to do it, even when you don't know when he's going to bring you out, God is still working. And that means that even when we stop, even when we can go on no further, even when, 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 when we get too weak to go on, God, that means that God picks up what we left off. When we stumble, when we, when we fall short, God says that's a good place for me to step in. And I'll pick up where y'all left off. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up and finish what I've started. And I don't know about anybody else, but that's good news to me on, on, on a Sunday morning. Because sometimes I do my best, Brother Newhouse, and I still come up short. <laughs> but when I come up short, you don't have to fret. You ain't got to get weary when you come up short because God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. That's, that's why I'm so confident of this very thing that, that that my possibilities are greater than my abilities I'm not resting our own strength and our own might we can rest in the possibility that God still has his hand on our lives That's enough right there. That's enough for you right there. 
But God is going to finish what he starts. 2023, you don't have to fret. You don't have to worry. Those things he's been telling you in 2022 and 2021, listen, he's going to do it. It may not look like it, but he's going to do it. He's still going to save your children. He's still going to save your marriage. He's still going to save your family. He's still going to do it. If he told you, being confident of this very thing, he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Doors of the church are open if you're here today. The invitation is extended. Here Jesus stands, arms outstretched. As he stretched his arms over 2,000 years ago and allowed sinful mankind to put nails in his hands rivet his feet, place a crown of thorns on his head, and spear him in his side. It was there on Calvary's cross when God was at his best and man was at his worst that he paid the ultimate price with his life so that you and I may have a right to the tree of life. The invitation is extended unto you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ in the free pardoning of your sins, I want to invite you to come. The saints are praying. Choir is coming. The Holy Spirit is having his way. If you're here, why don't you come?